Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Yesterday afternoon, after we signed off, it was IU Men's Basketball Media Day. We got a chance to hear from Coach Woodson and basically the entire roster yesterday afternoon. If you weren't excited about the season, all of the discussion, all of the notes, the quotes, the fodder uh, from yesterday, I think has everybody ready to go. And the good news is... Hoosier Hysteria coming up this weekend, and as we discussed yesterday, and we'll preview throughout the week, a big, big weekend for IU sports all the way around. The football team with a major challenge on the road at Penn State, and just before that, in Assembly Hall for the first time since really the pandemic, fans will be able to participate in IU basketball. It's not a game. It's not a scrimmage necessarily. It's a preseason event to hype up everybody and to showcase the players and I expect just a really good crowd on Saturday for that event, as always. And obviously, as well, a big recruiting day for Mike Woodson, especially when it comes to some of the younger players, specifically in the state of Indiana and the Midwest as well. Just a big day all the way around. Then after that, you get a chance to see, can Indiana hang? Can they be competitive even on the road against Penn State. I'm not sure exactly what to think. We've seen Indiana play decent at times. We've seen Indiana football be uh, pretty bad at times this season, but I think we should be hopeful because Michael Penix had his best outing of the season. I know it was against Western Kentucky, not a Big Ten level opponent, but he still played more like the Penix we remember before his injury. So uh, nonetheless, big weekend coming up and uh, lots to chat about today and the rest of the week as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got your Zaxby's headlines coming here in just a moment. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I'll go through what I thought were some of the big headlines, some of the key quotes from yesterday's uh, media day in Bloomington for men's basketball. We'll do that, and uh, we'll take a look at some other uh, topics of interest as well here in segment number one. Later in the show, Mike Schumann, a new guest to the program. He's with the Daily Hoosier, does a great job tracking all things around IU basketball, football, even other sports as well. Mike's going to join us today to help go through some of the storylines from yesterday. We'll talk about all the things Coach Woodson had to say. We'll talk about uh, even just some 
general things with the team as well when Mike is with us in segment two today. And then later today, we'll wrap things up. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. He's always with us. We'll talk some IU basketball, more media day, and we'll get into IU Penn State coming up this Saturday and football as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Before we go any further, yesterday, at least on this program, we debuted the Thornton's text line and appreciate those of you that took time to send a comment. We had a lot of kind words come in about the show. Thank you. But love to get your questions and comments. If you've got something about IU basketball, uh, maybe if it's a good question, a good point, I'll bring it up with Mike Schumann in the next segment. If you've got something on IU football, the Penn State game, a prediction, your thoughts on Michael Penix, send it in. Maybe it'll get uh, brought up with Mike Pegram later in the program. And I'm going to do the best I can if you get in into this and start sending in your thoughts at the end of the show. If you've got a thought on anything here in Southern Indiana sports or with IU or whatever it may be. Uh, I'll do my best to get as many comments on the air each day as possible. That's the Thornton's text line. I'll give you the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can save it in your phone. When you have a thought, when you have something you want me to bring up, a question you want me to ask a guest, we've got some of the best guests surrounding IU sports here in our state uh, each and every day with us. Send me a text uh, to the Thornton's text line. And don't forget that Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts as well. The Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's take a look at the Zaxby's headlines for this Tuesday's show, uh, the summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Coach Woodson, I love him, man. Obviously, he's not coached a game um, and when I say I love him, I'm not saying that I love his his uh, his X's and O's or anything specific to how he's going to coach because unless you were in the Bahamas, you really don't have any clue of things just yet. And even if you were, those were two exhibition games. And while Indiana, by all accounts, did dominate, did look good, we just don't know that much about Mike Woodson yet. But what I love about him is his personality, his swagger, uh, the way that he handles the media, and also, according to a number of players yesterday during media day, how he handles them as well. They seem to have fun. There seems to be less pressure. Obviously, everyone knows high major basketball at Indiana in the Big Ten Conference is pressure-packed, so we can't ignore like it isn't there. But uh, clearly, these uh, players are having fun. Clearly, they are enjoying their time with Coach Woodson. There was a lot of chatter yesterday about a recent team event where Coach Woodson intercepted a pass from Christian Lander, a football pass, that is, and did a little shimmy and a little dance uh, like a touchdown celebration. And Trace Jackson Davis, the leader on on and off the court, I think we all know that for this team, uh, saying that he's having more fun. This may be his favorite team ever. And uh, when you think about Trace Jackson Davis and all the experiences that he's had in basketball to date, that's really quite the compliment, at least early on for Mike Woodson. So kudos to him because under Archie Miller, whether it was the media or whether it was the post-game press conferences, win or lose, there just wasn't a lot of personality. And you know what? That's okay. If you win, if you build a winner, if you're headed toward that direction, 
you can be that guy that's so focused on your job, so focused on the X's and O's, so focused on recruiting that you just simply don't have time to to do the other stuff. But Mike Woodson seems like a guy that's going to be fun to talk to. I'm sure there's going to be tough moments after losses for him. But just a different mood, a different attitude in Bloomington, even around the players. And I wasn't at Media Day yesterday. I was watching on Facebook, believe it or not, maybe like many of you were as well. But even at Media Days, the players are guarded. There's not a lot of access. And it's Indiana. They're going to keep things tight. There's no question about that, but just a different feel. If you've covered the team, if you've been a fan of the team, if you've listened to the coaches' shows and the press conferences, seriously, like a lot of you I know do, uh, it's just a different feeling. There's no question about that right now in Bloomington, and I think we have to credit a lot of that so far to Mike Woodson. Will that approach work with this Indiana team, and will they be able to meet some of these expectations? In fact, I'll call them growing expectations uh, for this Indiana team moving forward this season. One key quote from yesterday uh, from Mike Woodson, and if you saw it, you obviously this had to stand out to you, but if you didn't, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it today. Coach Woodson said, quote, I came back here for one reason and one reason only, to put this team back on top. I know there's a lot of work to do. And again, uh, he, Coach Woodson said yesterday that they've started a new tradition before workouts and practices in Assembly Hall, uh, as he gathers the team to uh, get practice underway, they take a look up toward the top of Assembly Hall, the rafters in Assembly Hall, to all the Big Ten championships that are noted on banners, to the obvious NCAA championship banners and the great tradition of the IU basketball program that exists. If you just take a moment to scan those rafters in Assembly Hall, and he reminds them that that's the ultimate goal, a Big Ten championship, success uh, in the tournament, and uh, to remember what type of program that they're playing for. So you want to talk about uh, stroking the uh, the fans, the old-timers, the Bob Knight fans, the IU diehards that have been with this program through thick and thin, uh, those type of connections back to the days of old obviously do that. But great to see Mike Woodson modernizing some things. The uh, uh, school yesterday before media day uh, announced new uniforms from Adidas. Now, there's not a ton of change. I guess the font, the Indiana font's a little different. There's some stripes around the the collar, if you want to call it that, of the uniform that maybe are a little different. Uh, so nothing major, but still, uh, you know, maybe some steps forward as far as modernizing some of the great traditions at IU and obviously the uniforms and Assembly Hall and so many things around this program at this point are longstanding traditions. But uh, interesting stuff yesterday, not just from Coach Woodson, but from the players as well. And we're going to obviously spend a lot of the program today talking about what uh, Coach Woodson had to say yesterday as well. A lot of talk about defense and uh, Coach Woodson's emphasis on defense this season. Uh, Point guard strength for this team. You think about the number of different point guards, whether it's returning players or new faces like Xavier Johnson uh, that uh, could help this team. I think there's going to be a strength in a point guard spot for Indiana, so we'll discuss that some today as well. And again, team chemistry just seems to be better. Hearing the players talk about each other, hearing them talk about recent social activities where they had a chance to catch up with the coaching staff last weekend for some fun as the summer turns into the fall. Just interesting stuff and a different media day, I thought, yesterday is a great way to summarize things in Bloomington. Also, one other note, and there's plenty of notes and things to talk about that we learned yesterday Indiana will not have a public uh, exhibition game this season. Under Archie Miller, 
They went from having the two uh, public exhibition games to one most seasons. One was a secret scrimmage behind closed doors. I think maybe Banker's Life Fieldhouse, or maybe I need to say Gainbridge Fieldhouse. That's the new name of uh, the Fieldhouse in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, Hosted that a couple times. No fans, no one there beside personnel. Uh, And then Indiana would still play one exhibition game at Assembly Hall where public could come. It sounds like this year Indiana's two scrimmages will be closed scrimmages. Secret scrimmages is the term that's most often used in college basketball. Coach Woodson said that Indiana's going to play Cincinnati in one of their scrimmages, and I'm not sure if he said where that game is going to be at. Then he said they're going to have a scrimmage in Louisville, Kentucky. He did not say against who. I didn't take from his comments to mean that it's going to be U of L, but it definitely sounds like the the team will be scrimmaging somewhere across the river in Louisville in one of their two secret scrimmage games to start the season. So, uh, learning a little bit more about the upcoming. And again, those secret scrimmages will be here before you know it. Those will take place uh, late October, I believe, maybe early November. Normally, the time frame for secret scrimmages to take. Take place normally you you can't even find out who won the game you can't find out any details obviously no box score no media no nothing like that but interesting to see that Indiana going to take on Cincinnati I'm sure we'll find out who they're going to play in Louisville Kentucky but again it's going to be locked down as well you won't get many details from that also keeping with our tradition of the program I love the preseason magazines uh, kind of it's a way to, to know the college season is here when they start hitting the newsstands and at your local grocery stores and Blue Ribbon is one of the more recent uh, magazines to come out, and it's it's really the Bible of college basketball. The digital copy is out. Printed copies have still not been uh, made available or shipped just yet, but uh, Indiana is picked uh, to finish uh, seventh in the Big Ten by the Blue Ribbon Yearbook. They've got Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Maryland ahead of the Hoosiers. And as far as the preseason all-conference team, they've got Coburn, Dickinson, Williams, Jackson Davis, and Liddell from Ohio State, the top five players in the Big Ten. And uh, Kofi Coburn of Illinois, Hunter Dickinson of Michigan, they're both preseason first-team All-American picks. And Trace Jackson Davis, according to Blue Ribbon, is a second-team All-American selection along with E.J. Liddell of of Ohio State and also Trevon Williams of Purdue as well. One other note to pass along, Luke Brown, who a lot of people in this area really love following throughout his high school career. We got a chance to see him play at New Albany High School back during the holiday time. He was committed to Stetson. A lot of people wondered why he didn't get a chance to play somewhere closer to home. And some people wondered why he didn't get a chance to play a higher level of college basketball. Well, he went to Stetson. He arrived for school. Things just didn't match up. He did not get a chance to visit the campus or see the facilities or meet with the team because of COVID during his recruitment. Everything was locked down. So he announced last week he was going to transfer, and he announced yesterday that he is coming home back to the Hoosier State to play at Ball State. Now, my opinion of Luke Brown is that he's a shooter at the level of the Big Ten Conference. He's a shooter that could help a program like Indiana, like Purdue. Defensively is where you wonder, can he guard in the Big Ten Conference at that level of college basketball? But one thing is for sure, at at Ball State, I think in that conference at that level, he can have just a fantastic career and can almost maybe have a chance to be a legendary player once again in our state. So whether it was Ball State, Indiana State, no matter where, Evansville, whatever, uh, glad to see him coming home as well and uh, wish the very best to Luke Brown, who was kind enough to join us on this program back in his high school days. And one other note as well, reaching a little out of our area, but the University of Southern Indiana, 
They are headed to the D1 level of sports, possibly. They are going to study that and look into things and possibly talk about beginning that transition. Bellarmine is doing that now and having some success. USI, great facilities. Their basketball team in Division II has been top-notch, former national champion, always seem to be at the top of the Great Lakes Valley Conference, which is one of the best D2 conferences in the country. It will be interesting to see if we can add another Division One program here from the state of Indiana, and you think USI and Evansville just down the road from each other, both could be Division One basketball programs in the very near future. That's our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We're back with Mike Schumann next of the Daily Hoosier to talk IU basketball and all the fallings from media day yesterday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Send us your comments, your texts, your questions on IU basketball and football. Try to work them into the program today. With us is Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is Mike's first of hopefully many appearances on this program, thedailyhoosier.com, one of my daily stops to catch up on all things related to IU basketball, football, and more. You can also follow Mike at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you with us today, and there's plenty to talk about coming out of yesterday's Media Day opportunity. Yeah, Matt, there sure is, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. I've been a big fan listening for a long time. Thank you very much. Mike, you know, I know for fans that Hoosier Hysteria, the gathering in Assembly Hall on Saturday, signals that college basketball is just around the, the corner. and It's kind of a sweet spot for college sports fans. College hoops coming up, college football in full swing. But for me, IU Media Day has always been the signal that, my goodness, the season is here because things that were said yesterday, questions that were asked, stories that were written, opinions that were given – will be fodder for us to write about, talk about, and uh, remember between now and the first game. I'm curious, your, your biggest takeaway or two from Coach Woodson and generally from yesterday's media day in Bloomington? Yeah, I mean, probably the, the overarching sentiment coming out of that. And it's not uncommon for, for days like yesterday when you got a, a new coaching staff and a lot of new players. There's just a whole lot of positivity emanating from the program. Um, you know, obviously – you know, a transition from a time when it wasn't real positive surrounding IU basketball to, to a point now where it's kind of almost like the, the grace period before the grace period, because, you know, right now there's really nothing to judge beyond what we saw in the Bahamas. And so it's, it's a time where, you know, everything just kind of feels good and positive, but, but I will say, you know, each year at, at events like that, you know, it, it is generally always positive, but you know, it, 
if you want to try to decipher kind of intangibles and things like that, you know, there's just a, a, a good vibe coming from the players that they, they seem more re- relaxed and, and more kind of, you know, I, I don't know if optimistic is the right word, but, but just there's an overarching, you know, just positivity coming out right now, which again, you would expect, you know, you don't want to overanalyze things like that, you know, but it, it, it is a, it, it is a, thing that you can clearly notice when, when you're around the, the coaches and players. Mike, you've been at a lot of these media days in recent years. You've uh, tuned in for the press conferences after games, whether it was a big win or a bad loss for IU. And Mike Woodson hasn't coached his first game yet. I said this in the first segment. I know I've said this before, but I just can't get over the difference when there's been a coach's availability of a press conference from Archie Miller to Mike Woodson. The contrast couldn't be starker, couldn't be more different. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say and not really surprising to anyone who watches the media availabilities that, that Archie wasn't really a big fan of, of sitting through those. I, I think um, that, that that was pretty clear for just from his mannerisms and the amount of questions he was willing to take and, and, and all of those things, and that's fine. You can be a great college basketball coach and not like your, your media obligations. It's not really a judgment on, on him as a as a coach in any way, but, but it is a – transformational change you know i think mike woodson if if i can just react to anything about him that really stands out he is just a man who is comfortable in his own skin like i i don't think you're gonna in any way you know set him off or you know and i, I could be proven wrong on that i'm sure after a game and in an intense moment somebody will ask something that that rubs him the wrong way but but he just seems very relaxed he's very comfortable with who he is and you know at, I think from a reporter's standpoint, it's just a lot more fun atmosphere because you, you know, he, you get a lot of tidbits that that you won't wouldn't have gotten with Archie. It's it's much less guarded. You know, probably an SID's nightmare because things come out that, that they probably don't want to come out, <laughs> such as yesterday with the the closed scrimmages. Um, but but you know, I think from a reporter standpoint, I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Woody. Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier, thedailyhoosier.com, my guest talking about IU Basketball Media Day. Uh, I want to start with Trace Jackson Davis as far as individual players go. A lot of this offseason there's been discussion, and even Coach Woodson saying uh, he needs to make more outside shots, he needs to be better with his right hand. Uh, so clearly that's been something in the works this offseason. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But Coach Woodson had, I thought, just a great story, a, a great couple lines yesterday on Trace Jackson. Davis, where in a scrimmage, I guess at Assembly Hall or Cook Hall, he wasn't setting screens uh, how Coach Woodson wanted him to, so he set up a play for Jackson Davis to have to shoot a three with his team down three points, and what did the big man do? He he hit the three, and I think the quote, let me see if I can find it here, Coach uh, Woodson said, quote, I said, hell, I'm going to draw up the play for him to shoot the three. I just wanted to see how he would respond, and he hit the three. Woodson blew the whistle. The scrimmage came to an end. So I thought that little clip from Coach Woodson about TJD yesterday summarized what a lot of fans are wondering. Uh, will his outside shot be better? Will he be better with his right hand? And it sounds like Mike Woodson is uh, happy with the progress so far from uh, the potential All-American player. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that is the biggest kind of personnel development question facing this team this year, or at least the, at least the one that people ask the most about and are most intrigued by. 
Um, I, I thought, in addition to, to what you said, I thought Tamar Bates, you know, he's sitting there next to Trey, so so I'm sure this is just some friendly gesturing, but he's, he said Trace was the, the best jump shooter or one of the best jump shooters on the team. So that I thought that was an interesting comment as well. I, I guess where I'm at on that whole thing, big picture, is, you know, Trace, Trace was, what was he, second or third team All-American without really shooting jump shots, without really having a right hand. Um, I, I'm probably much more interested in the rest of the team becoming three point shooters, like including the new guys, like Miller cop, Tamar Bates, race Thompson, got guys that have shown that they can do it at some point in their careers. And, you know, if those guys emerge as three point shooters and you complement them with an all American caliber, big man who can just dominate in the paint, that, that is a formula that, that can succeed on its own, irrespective of whether or not trace, develops in the in the way you know we we all hope that he does but i think you know based on what i saw in the bahamas and you know the the comments coming out of of yesterday i think it it probably isn't reasonable to expect that suddenly trace is going to be you know like luca garza was the last couple of years just you know equally as big of a threat out on the perimeter as he was or as he is in the paint and he's probably not going to be anywhere near as dominant with his right hand as his left, which you couldn't reasonably expect. But, but I, I think there will be some progress in both regards, but I just don't think it's kind of as defining as an issue as everybody thinks it is. Mike Schumann, the daily Hoosier, my guest, we're talking IU basketball media day uh, takeaways from yesterday afternoon. One of, one of the other questions I have for you, Mike, is the point guard position for IU has really been, a struggle in recent seasons. Even uh, Rob Finnessy, who I know an in-state player, there were high hopes that he could come in, be a four-year player that could really lead the program. And there were some real tough moments for him last year. Although he seems to be a player that has been retooled a bit in the off season, there have been some compliments on his game, and he got some opportunities in the Bahamas. But my question is: Do you think that with Rob Finnessy back and others as well from last season, and the addition of Xavier Johnson and Tamara Bates, could point guard? that spot actually become a strength and a position where Indiana has some real depth at, which has been quite the opposite in recent years? Yeah, I think from a depth perspective, there's just no doubt that this is probably going to be the the best we've seen that position in a long time. I mean, probably since, you know, Yogi Ferrell was there. And even then, there wasn't a lot of depth there. But, you know, you think about why Rob Dennessy was starting earlier in his career is really because there was there was no other option. He was the point guard on the roster. And so that that's changed dramatically. And you, now you've got a guy like Xavier Johnson, who's you know been a starter for several years in, in, in a high major program. And so I, I think from a pure depth perspective, there's no doubt. And, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me in the Bahamas was what both Xavier and Rob were able to do from a defensive standpoint, guarding the ball. I think, you know, as I look forward to this season, that's one of the things I think people can really expect a a major transformation, you know, both, both because they're playing a different style of defense. Um, You know, they picked up a lot full court um, in the Bahamas. I don't know how much that will transition over to the regular season, but it looked a lot more like, you know, how fans have grown accustomed to Purdue playing with their point guard picking up full court and really just harassing the ball and kind of just eating up those first 10 seconds of the shot clock, just trying to get the ball up the court. So, you know, 
you know, both Xavier and Rob in the Bahamas just made life very difficult for, for that team of professionals to, to get the ball up the court. And, and I expect that to continue. Um, I, I think that's a real point of emphasis is, is to just, you know, muck things up on the ball like that and, and to do it not just in the half court, but, you know, in my, based on what I saw down there, it's going to be more like a, 40 minutes of hell type version. And I, and I think Indiana has the personnel to do that. So it's going to be interesting. The thing that gives me a little bit of pause with that group. And I wrote about this extensively coming out of that trip is, is can any of those guys, and you know, we need to mention Christian Lander too. Can any of those guys be three point shooters or, you know, at least to the extent that, that they are respected and that, that, you know, they allow the floor to be spaced the way it needs to be. And I think, you know, based on what I saw, I don't, you know, I, I I don't see any of the three being a, you know, just a knockdown three-point shooter. You know, Xavier Johnson's got a pretty lengthy track record, as does Rob, to to not allow you to to expect that to be the case. You, you know, you never count out a kid's development and, and what they might do. So so the, I think that's the big question. I, I think you you've got three really solid or, or two really solid on the ball defenders and three guys that are threat you know, more attacking than shooting on, on the offensive end. But, Mike, let's go to the uh, Thornton's text line here for just a moment. Uh, good question here from A. Wren. Is it possible for Woody to be a player's coach and get the players to reach their full potential at the same time? Man, that that is a really great <laughs> question. <laughs> You know, I think that's somewhere, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday when, when Woody was talking about, you know, his influence from, from Coach Knight, because that's somewhere where he really strays from, from Coach Knight. And and I think he has to, really. I mean, you can't coach today the way Coach Knight did. At least I've not seen anybody successfully do it. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is kind of leading to that positivity that, that I alluded to at the at the outset was just this notion of freedom to play on the offensive end. I think that's where you're going to see a dramatic change. There's going to be a lot less structure, a lot more just up-tempo, a lot more read and react. You know, as players today want to play, as they see, you know, going on in the NBA and as they played kind of in their AAU and in high school careers a little bit more. And so, you know, can that be successful can can they develop and you know in that system i I think so i I just think that's where the game's gone and i think where where woody does still seem to have a a tie back to his past is that defense is just non-negotiable and and goes back to you know having guys like robin xavier on the ball kind of setting that tone so if he can set that balance where where guys want to play at Indiana because of the the, the offensive style, but you know still buy in on, on the defensive end, that that's probably the way that that can all work. Mike, uh, first time here on the Hoosier Report, so I've got some general questions for you about the upcoming season that I'm interested to gauge your opinion. You follow the team closely. You were in the Bahamas. Uh, respect what you have to say about the Hoosiers for this upcoming year. Who is the player that you are most excited to see this season? Is it a newcomer? Is it someone from the transfer portal? Or is it a returning player that you look forward to seeing their improvements under Coach Woodson and what he's done with them in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, the the guy that really stood out to me the most in the Bahamas is, is Tamar Bates. 
And, you know, you, you never want to put too much on a freshman, but man, this guy, and I think people, if they watch the, the press conferences, he's a guy that looks like he's built to, to handle the expectations. I mean, his, his demeanor is that of an upperclassman, and, he, and he's got the game to back it up. I mean, he's, he clearly needs to develop kind of across the board, but, but he's not a guy that you look at and say, man, this kid is not going to see the floor because of X, Y, or Z. He, he doesn't have any holes in his game. And, and so, you know, I, I will be surprised that you know, maybe not day one, just because that's the way things go sometime, but I'll be surprised if Tamar Bates is not a starter very early in the season, just because he's dynamic, you know, he can, he can, beat you off the dribble. He can pull up off the dribble. He can, you know, score at the rim. He, there's really no holes in his game, as I said, and, and he buys in on the defensive end, and he brings a lot of, you know, intensity to the team. I, I don't believe that a freshman can come in and be kind of an alpha leader of a team, but but he's got that kind of characteristic to him, and his teammates respect him. I, you know, one thing that stood out to me in the Bahamas, um, you know, is that everybody – called him by his nickname, which is a minor thing, but you know, Hey, if you, if you want to be a freshman and be respected and you know, everybody already is calling you scoop, that, that means they like you. That means they, that they respect what you're about. And, and that was something that stood out to me among, among a lot of things that stood out. So he would, he would be the one that I'm most intrigued, you know, when the lights actually come on, the fans are there in assembly hall to, to see what he's got. Mike, where do you see this team placing in the big 10 conference? And to take that a step further, do you have, like everyone else, Michigan and Purdue at the top of the Big Ten this season? I think those, along with Illinois and Ohio State, are, are the reasonable teams to, to put there now just based on you know their respective track records and, and who they've got coming back. Um, I, I've put Indiana kind of in the, the first tier below those guys. I think anywhere from, from fifth to seventh is kind of where I see them falling right now i mean it's it's so hard with 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 this team because you've not seen them in you know playing any actual games to and, and we've all fallen into the trap of you know over estimating what what they might be capable of from a year-to-year basis just because we're so invested in you know all the personnel changes and all, and all those kind of things but but the one thing i will say is about those top four teams or the supposed top four teams is i i don't feel like this year that there's any clear like man you're you're just not going to beat that team they're, they're just too loaded I mean I know Purdue is a popular pick but what were they last year like 18 and 10 and a first round knockout against a, a mid-major team so it's not like you know they're they're returning this all-star cast they're returning a very solid team that that I think you have to respect based on Mac Painter's track record but but I don't think you go into those games thinking man there's just no way you're going to beat Purdue and I would say that about all the teams so I think I think there's going to be a little bit more balance and I think the opening is there but I'm not ready to say that that Indiana's in that upper tier yet yeah absolutely with your comments on the Big Ten where do you see the conference as a whole compared to the other power five conferences in basketball yeah, that's not something I've examined too closely to this point. Um, I, I know I definitely felt over the last couple of years that the Big Ten what was on the upper echelon of conferences, but they didn't necessarily show it in the postseason. So 
um, that that's something over the next you know month to six weeks I want to take a closer look at. But but I I don't have a strong sense of that right now. Just you know, in in large part because college basketball has gotten so crazy with you know the transfer portal and just rosters changing so dramatically. I'm just trying to remember the the number of transfers across the Big Ten alone. I I think it's you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of north of 50 new guys that have transferred into the conference this year. And obviously that's going on across the country. So it's, it's become harder and harder to, to keep track of things outside of the Big Ten for sure. Yeah, no question about that. Mike, final basketball question for you. What would be considered, in your estimation, a good first year for Coach Woodson? Is it a certain place in the Big Ten conference, a certain number of regular season wins? And does this team need to make the NCAA tournament in year one? One for Woody for things to be moving forward in the right direction and for him to get a lot of praise in year number one. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it does. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's NCAA or bust and the whole thing. <laughs> we, we can't talk positive about the, the future anymore. But but I think just based on the, on the roster they've assembled and, you know, like we said, where we think they are in the Big Ten, I think – you know, you do have to look at this and say, you know what, finishing the top half of the league and just one way or another get in the NCAA tournament for what will have been the first time in six years. I, I think that's very reasonable to expect. I, I think, you know, sitting here right now, I think that will happen. I think I went through the schedule when it officially came out and came up with something in the ballpark of 22-9. and nine. So I, I think if, if they can do that with a pretty favorable non-conference schedule that doesn't take them out of the state, except for one time, I believe. Um, I, I don't see any reason why, why that doesn't happen. All right, Mike, we're going to talk football in the next segment with Mike Pegram, but I've got to ask you, you have any thoughts or a prediction Saturday when the Hoosiers travel to Penn State? Yeah, I've got to think about that because I just got asked by one of the Penn State outlets to submit a prediction for, <laughs> for their publication and – uh, it's it's going to be real hard to, to pick IU in this game. You know, I think, you know, for a whole number of reasons, Penn State is clearly better than they were last year. They're clearly, you know, focused on, on you know, getting some revenge against IU. They've got the great environment on night game with, I think, a stripe out in the crowd. And so it's going to be really tough. You know, if, if Indiana fans want something to, to cling on, I think it's, you know, did Michael Penix turn a corner last week? That's an absolute must to go out, out there and win it. If he can complete short passes and they can move the ball like they did and, and avoid mistakes, I, I definitely think they can keep it close. But, you know, something in the ballpark of a, you know, 38-31 type game might might be where my gut's at right now. Okay, great stuff. That's Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Visit the website for all sorts of IU information. Great stuff at thedailyhoosier.com. And you can follow Mike on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier for lots of great links and information. Mike, great job. Great to have you with us. Keep up the great work, and we'll have you back real soon. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate it. Love to have you participate in the show, the Thornton's text line, 502 502- 414-1450. A couple great questions so far today. And download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. We'll head to a commercial break 
And we'll come back with more here on this Tuesday edition of the show. You know, yesterday was also media day uh, across the NBA. I think all the teams had their media day yesterday. And Romeo Langford, it was announced, or I guess we found out by his uh, uniform he was wearing during media day. He's going to be number nine this upcoming season for the Celtics. So no more 45 for Romeo. He'll be number nine in the green and white of the Celtics this year in the NBA. We're back with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com in the next segment. We'll talk IU Penn State. We'll get into IU basketball recruiting as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And back here on this Tuesday edition of the program, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com, our guest. And so much basketball so far that at least to start the segment with Mike, we're going to start with some IU football as they get ready for Penn State on Saturday. Mike, first we go back to Saturday night's game in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, Was it a turning point, you think, for IU quarterback Michael Penix? I wouldn't call it a huge turning point, but it was a really a good step in the right direction for him. He looked much better throwing throwing the ball and uh, engineered some really big third down conversions late in the game to pull out the victory. Just I think a real positive step. Um, but you know, this is uh, what's a conference USA team, and, and now they got the number four team in the country. So we'll see. But I think it was a a, a turning point, just maybe not as as big as uh, as people make it out to be. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, my guest, talking some IU football. All right, let's look ahead. It's a big day Saturday. Hoosier hysteria on the basketball front, followed by the IU football game at Penn State. What, what should fans hope for in this game at Penn State? Obviously, the Nittany Lions, really good, highly ranked. It's a tough place to play. Indiana's not been playing its best football. They've not been performing at the level people maybe had hoped or predicted at this point. What does IU have to do to be competitive even in this game? Well, Michael has to make plays with pressure, and that's been been the issue. Uh, they have to, you know, I think score at least twenty some points. Defensively, they, there were some warning signs; they weren't able to handle the hurry-up offense of Western in the second half. Uh, but Penn State, I don't know if they're really the number four team in the country. Um, their, their running attack is not outstanding. Uh, there's question marks about that right now in the, in the Penn State media. And they've been winning games, but not blowing people away. Um, and it's a team that Indiana beat a year ago. So, um, you know, at some point, Indiana's going to have to win one of these difficult games that they have ahead against the Big Ten East uh, power-heavy teams if they want to kind of continue what they've what they've been doing. Um, but it's going to be really difficult. Saturday night, full house. Looking, they're looking for revenge for what happened last year. It's, you know, in some ways, it's the hardest game left on the schedule. Yeah, no question, Mike. Uh, obviously, this Penn State game, and really you could say the Western Kentucky road game as well, 
uh, started a really, really tough stretch for this IU football team. Uh, no relief in sight. You look at what's next even after the Penn State game, win or lose, there are some challenging games ahead that I think really are going to test this IU team and their bowl eligibility. Yeah, some of the teams left on their schedule look a little bit better than the early you know, preseason projections. But uh, Iowa State doesn't look quite as good, and they're coming to Bloomington. Really, this is the, the one game you look at and like, wow, this would be really amazing to win and definitely not projected to win. But the other games look very tough but winnable. So if you get the ball rolling, if people like, players feel good about themselves, these are winnable games, but, but they're all uh, losable, <laughs> very much losable. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure I would have said that about Western Kentucky, and, then, and that was really close at the end. All right, Mike Pegram, my guest. Mike, we'll get into some basketball recruiting here for a moment. Yeah. Uh, Noah Clowney, an official visit over the weekend, I believe it was Alabama. Is there any chatter, any update on what's going on with him. He obviously remains a big target in 2022 and probably the last target in 2022 for Mike Woodson and staff. You know, um, we're just hearing that it's coming down to the end and all four schools have a chance. Uh, People are panicking on our boards this morning because he followed a few Virginia Tech fans (laughs) on on social media. That's where we're at. That's where we're at with Noah Clowney. Really solid player, um, middle of the four-star kind of level rankings, but what Indiana needs, and then he's 6'9", 6'10", a little bigger guy than uh, Caleb Banks, and and therefore is a good fit. He can shoot the ball a little bit, so he could be the perfect hybrid four. We just wrote a story today about how Race Thompson's going to have to be the hybrid four, Mike Woodson's offense. Well, Noah Clowney can be that guy. No one's going to decide really soon. We think he could decide within the next week or so. Okay, good stuff. His, are all his visits now concluded, or does he have one yeah. more this weekend? He could take one more, but he's made it a long, long ago decision to only take four visits. You're allowed five, but he's going to choose between these four that he's already visited. Gotcha. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, I know you'll have us covered uh, later in the week on the Peaks.com website, but who's your hysteria for all the activities on the court that are built for fans and kids and to hype up the upcoming season? We know that a big purpose of that day is also recruiting to uh, get players, targets on campus to see the facilities and how crazy and rabid the IU basketball fan base is. Uh, any idea of players you expect to be in attendance? I know we'll probably get a full list as we get closer to Saturday or maybe as the players arrive on Saturday, but definitely expecting a lot of targets, especially from Indiana in the Midwest on Saturday. Well, a lot of interstate guys will be there. Uh, and then the commits, T.J. Gunn and, and uh, Jalen Huchafina will be there. But a few of the players are playing in an event um, – that uh, Akila Banks is one of them that is uh, a West that is kind of a, a big deal if you want to have a chance to make the McDonald's All-American game. And also Indiana's uh, unno- not knowing when the, when Hoosier State was going to be because they tied it to the Penn State football kickoff time and it's going to hurt a little bit. But uh, I don't think it's as big as some years. There's no unsigned kid that's making a decision soon that will be coming to Hoosier Hysteria. But I think there'll be several underclassmen from the state of Indiana and the two commits. Mike, one of the most memorable recruiting experiences that I can recall from Hoosier Hysteria, probably because he was local and obviously meant a lot to Archie Miller as well at that time. But Romeo Langford, the way they brought him yeah. out, the way the fans treated him, that was really an amazing thing. Yeah, the only one that might top that was Eric Gordon. Yeah. I think he showed up. Um, but. 
that one was that was a big deal because Romeo stretched things out, um, and given that, that he was always a big name from from a sophomore year forward. That was that was the one that will will be etched in our memories forever. Yeah, no question. Mike Pegram, my guest. Mike, final question. We've got about a minute left. Uh, IU basketball media day yesterday. You guys have been all over the coverage of that. Your biggest takeaway? Anything surprise you? Anything catch your attention uh, first and foremost from what Coach Woodson or any of the players had to say? Well, uh, I I think one thing that stood out is Christian Lander is playing better, um, and therefore we really have a really wide open. A point guard competition. I think Xavier Johnson is a favorite, but there's no guarantees, and those guys can play together some too. Um, also, that he's really gung ho on on Grace Thompson as kind of a hybrid four, and that's our story today. And that, I'm talking about a four out one in offense. And Mike and Mike Woodson's going to want to run. It's very popular nowadays, especially in the NBA, and that's what he's going to run. And Race has got to show that he can hit the outside shot and dribble a little bit out there. Gotcha. All right, Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Good stuff. Thanks for the chat today. All right, Matt. Talk to you later. Bye. That'll wrap up our Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show here on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.